down because I'm the ghetto one. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Some Like It Hot. Absolutely hood ratchet right now. I apologize for that. Anyway, so I have a guest on today who I am super excited to have on. Sorry, I look so unprofessional right now. Okay, I have a guest on right now. I'm super excited to have on. So I like to be above board with my audience. This is Patrice Garrison. Say hello. Hello. You look great, by the way. You look great, too. There's a reason we both look great, because we all, we have the same DNA. We come from the same tree. This is the first time I've actually had a family member on. And she's not just on because she's family, although that's probably a good enough reason. She's actually on because she is a professional in her field. And I really wanted to dive into a conversation today about what's going on with the younger generation, because I wouldn't know. I mean, I might look young. We look very young for our age, but we're not. And she's got a lot of um, knowledge in that field. You're director of programs in Trenton, New Jersey for K through 12, correct? Correct. And you do, what is your professional? So when you say director of programs, what exactly does that mean? So I'm a director of special services. I oversee special education um, section 504, so any students with medical needs, and ESL, so our English language learner population. I oversee all of those departments, K through 12, at a charter school in Trenton, New Jersey. Okay. So as you can see, she's coming correct, and I love that. And now I don't want to be too, we're not going to be too, you know, studious today. I want you to be relaxed and have fun because I really want people to get to know you as a person as well. But there's a lot of stuff that's happened in the news lately that I was, you know, I haven't had guests on in a long time. I've been delaying having new guests and you're actually my first guest in a very long time and you're going to kick off a whole list of people. And I wanted to start with you because recently in the news, there's been endless mass shootings at the schools there's all this stuff that's going on with the kids and quite often you hear about you know how they keep not wanting to do anything about guns but yet they want to arm the teachers they're making them go through these like drills in school that i never went through as a kid you know the most i ever did was what we did like the fire drill that was it but now walk me through what it's like now in this environment, especially since you're around this in so many schools in your area? I definitely think I, I do like that you prefaced it with like being myself and being comfortable, not so studious. So I'm, I'm going to be fully transparent. Mm -hmm. I am in a more urban community and be it that I am in that setting, we don't really, um, I want to say feel what other more affluent areas deal with when it comes to shooting because if you look at the demographic the demographic isn't typically the population that i service currently right. for lack of terms um but i will say we do do drills we do um stay put drills where you stay in the actual classroom um and that can be for many reasons we don't really do a lot of active shooter drills mm -hmm. in, in my organization. We will, there are things we have to do every month in addition to fire drills, like the stay put. Um, but that's pretty much it. 
I would say that we are privy to the gun control problem and it is scary being in education, being an educator, um, knowing that that could happen at any given second. But again, I just feel the more, and I've always worked in urban communities. I've worked in Brunswick, I've worked in like Middlesex, Mercer County, New Jersey. In those areas, we don't, we don't really even talk about it. And I think that's well, not a And can thing. I, and just to interject, because so, for the first half of my childhood, I was raised in the suburbs, as you know. <laughs> but I did end up going to uh, middle school and high school in, I would say, more urban, I guess, than where I grew up. And what I noticed, and this is a long time ago, but I noticed that the schools there had like um, security guards. Some of the schools, they would check your bags when you were coming in. And that's been sort of... I mean, you can look at old movies from like 1995, like Dangerous Minds, where that's really been in place in urban developed mm -hmm. areas for decades now. Whereas now it's happening in the middle class and more affluent areas. And now they're upset because they're like, oh, this is like a prison for my kids. And like, it's been like that for people in other areas for a very long time. And do you think that the reason that there's a more of an uptick in the suburban areas and not in the urban areas is just because the level of violence is different? Like, what do you think the difference is? I won't even put the words in your mouth. What do you think it is that makes those areas seem to have more mass uh, school shootings? Unfortunately, I don't, I don't think that's the type of crime that's happening in the areas that I work in. Mm -hmm. uh, I think so there are certain schools, we are a charter, so we don't have the metal detectors. Uh, my CEO is adamant about not having security guards. Uh, she is not, um, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but it's my belief that as an organization, we don't believe in policing our students, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's been like that for years. But there are schools in the surrounding areas that have the metal detectors that do check backpacks. There was a gun mm -hmm. found. I'm sorry about my dog. There was a gun. <laughs> She's about to bark. Uh, that's um, okay. <laughs> that's okay. There was a gun found on one of the students that used to uh, attend my school recently they're at a different school now and so they are bringing guns but it's violence towards peers mm -hmm. and like targeted more targeted more intentional whereas yeah. as it appears in the news these are more reactive but not so specific just kind of going in there and shooting and we don't we don't see a lot of that i think the crime in the more urban communities is more directed specific maybe getting affiliated and now do you think so of course i don't really want to get too deep into the woods about this conversation because i really want to get into some fun stuff i know it's weird to start with this but that's why i wanted to start with it so we could leave it behind <laughs> but i i do want to say i noticed with the last shooting there was um a possibly transgender person who did it and then the news made it about that person being transgender which I'm confused because all the other people weren't. So it was odd to me that that became the headline yeah. for this this thing. But I think that the part that we're missing, aside from the gun issue, because we all know there's an issue with guns, even the people who pretend that there isn't, is that mental health seems to be the biggest issue here 
in all of those situations, somebody was struggling mentally with something and then they showed up and they did what they did. And so I'm wondering, do there need to be like, what is it that you do? What is your specialty? What could you do and bring to the table to, to help with this environment of mental, I don't know, anguish? So something that I left out in the beginning is, although I'm currently a director, I started off as a social worker, right? And social workers are, I was a school social worker for many years. Mm -hmm. And so school social workers are put in buildings, school buildings to support the mental health of the students, right? And so there are school social workers, there are school psychologists. And for years, I don't believe that profession was highly in high demand in the schools. Right. I would say lately, it's there's definitely been an uptick of the need and the demand for mental health professionals. Good. And that is what needs to happen. Uh, and you're absolutely right. Every time there's an active shooter, there's some mental health or mental illness component that either went underdressed or untreated, or even if it were treated, maybe the school didn't know or he wasn't getting regular services there, there's always something or they weren't getting it right and so it's you know it's huge that that is addressed um i used to run risk assessments to see if a student was homicidal or suicide mm -hmm. and those things are really important yeah. and so i think starting there making sure that the schools are staffed with enough mental health support and observations are being held. If you see something, say something. Checking in with the students that may present, because there's almost always an antecedent. There's always something that happens beforehand to kind of clue you in. Right. Always, like in the interviews, oh, it happened out of nowhere. We didn't even see it coming. Right. No, there, no. there were signs. There were signs. No, and you're right. And there are signs. And a lot of times the people are someone who's been bullied or made to feel displaced or alienated. And not that that makes it right, but it happens. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to table that for now because we... We are adult women who've lived full lives and we have many, many things we want to talk about besides that. But I wanted to just get that out of the way in the beginning because that way we can just move forward and I didn't want to languish in there. So like I mentioned, you're my, you're my cousin. I didn't actually say, I said we we're family. I didn't say what you were. I'm so sorry. You're my cousin. It's my cousin. Yes. Moms are sisters. Our moms are sisters. Yes. And so... If you wanted to sh share memories, we can do that. I don't have a lot of memories from my childhood, right? I'm very young. I'm, I'm very young. Well, I yes, she's she's so younger than I am actually. So she's she's she's. I don't know how many years younger you are. To be fair, but I don't I don't count. So, but I know you're younger, and I don't have a lot of memories though because I feel like it was like a whole other life. But I do remember one time I was visiting with you like with your whole family, because she's got two other sisters. And if you want to shout them out, hey. Shout out to my big sisters. <laughs> and um, I remember one time I was there, and we were watching all that. You liked all that. That Keenan I remember. Kel? I love Keenan Kel. Kel yeah. loves soda. <laughs> yeah, that, that I remember we were watching that, because I didn't watch a lot of Nickelodeon, I didn't watch all that, so that memory stays in my mind, because that was pretty much the only time, the only way that I was able to even have that as part of my culture. Um, but speaking of culture, 
I know that music is a big part of everybody's lives. What's on your playlist right now? Oh, I don't know how to say his last name, but Brent Fias, I think is his last name. I love him. That's on my playlist. What does he do? Because I don't know that name. Is it like he, R&B? Yeah, he, I think he sings. It's like a rap singer type mm -hmm. of thing. Um, I, for my gym playlist, believe mm -hmm. it or not, Nikki. I mean, Nikki. I'm a fan of all the girls, Cardi, yeah. all of them. Yeah. But in the gym, Nikki just gets me going. So yes, I know I love her. I don't like that new song that just came out. Um, the Ruby Sleeves one. Oh no, I like that one. Oh, does she have another one? Ice Spice. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, oh, the Princess Diana one. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not I, I, the only thing I don't like about that, and by the way, Ice Spice is growing on me. I don't know why she's growing on me. She's like a fungus. Um, <laughs> you know, the thing is, no. So the the Princess Diana, I don't like the title. And I think that's just because of my age. I think because I grew up actually knowing mm -hmm. Princess Diana. I was there when she died. Like I saw that whole thing unfold. So for me, it's not like some distant memory, you know, yeah. So I don't really like the title, but I do like Ice Spice, um, even if I shouldn't know, uh, because, <laughs> because I, you know, it's bold to go out there with that Annie hairstyle. Oh, she looks so good though. No, but it worked, right? It works for her, but it's bold because she, that's different than what are the other girls were giving. So I give her a lot of credit for that. She, her flow is good. She's picking some cute songs. She's very New York. Very New York, which is why she's probably growing on you because, you know, you yeah. are a northerner. Northeastener. I know someone said to me the other day, like, oh, I, I like your channel because you're a New Yorker, fellow New Yorker. I was like, oh, honey, you know, I just have a really strong accent, which I get all the time. I've lived in the South for like eight years and it's not going anywhere. But OK, so we got the little bit of music stuff. We talked about the school safety stuff. So you're also a mother. I am. He drives me nuts, but I love him so much. How old is your son? He's 16, which is why he drives me nuts. I want to start there. Teenagers are wild. Before that, it was like smooth sailing. The um, perfect angel. Perfect angel, which is why I was tricked. But anyway. <laughs> so, okay. So you have a teenager. So that means that not only from the perspective of your profession, but from inside your own home, you see what it's like to see the takeover of TikTok in people's lives. I would assume your 16-year-old uses TikTok. Yes. Okay. So one of the things that I've noted that I sometimes find myself involved in on TikTok is there seems to be, no, there is a war between women and men online and a war of words between women and men online. And I was wondering if, you've seen that affect either your child or any of the children in your school um, sort of being, I don't want to say brainwashed, but just sort of being indoctrinated because there's a lot of like stuff that men are doing, like the Andrew Tates of the world. I don't know if you know about that and all the other, <laughs> yeah, all the other uh, men who are on there giving young boys advice, I'm air quoting, on how they should be mistreating women to get more women. So I didn't know if you knew anything about that. So one thing um, about my my child is 
that I love is that he's not easily influenced. Um, he also doesn't love the gender identity type of like non-binary, not he's not into like even I'll say, oh, you know, you should hold the door or you know, take out the grab the garbage. And he doesn't identify with that type of stuff to okay. him. It's a so he's not really into any of that. That wouldn't be his avenue where he's kind of influenced. Mm -hmm. It's it's beautiful, honestly, that he one moves to the beat of his own drum. Right. He does not care. I, I don't. I mean, I don't mind sharing this. Nice. I try to be careful. He's an open book. He really doesn't care. But like, he wears nail polish. He dresses how he feels. He doesn't care what's masculine or feminine. He's not really into that type of stuff mm -hmm. at all. Um. He he was in color guard. Like he does not see that. Right. That. Well, that's why it seems to be mostly men from other generations that are trying to heavily influence young men uh, under the illusion that they're doing it to help them grow up to be men. But really what they're doing is they're just trying to make them as ignorant and misogynistic as they grew up to be. Exactly. Um, and so it seems like they're grasping at the final gasps of air that they can get and the power struggle that they've always been at the top of once upon a time and now it seems like they're doing everything in their power to manipulate the younger generation to continue the misogyny from pretty much the last century because we're exactly. in another century um and be and i think they got more afraid because they saw how children like your own are like i'm not I don't care about that. Like, that's that's what you guys used to do. That's, like, old, you know? And they're like, what do you mean that's old? It's like, yeah, it's old. Like, nobody wears that. No one talks like that. And they don't get it. They don't understand it's part of evolution. And I want to ask you another thing that's not on this paper, and I actually forgot until just now. This is about you and me. So this is about growing up because you're you're essentially still considered a millennial, right? I assume you're a millennial, right? Yeah, I'm going to 86, baby. Yeah. Well, now you just I gave know. my age away, but that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all right. I know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm, a, I'm beyond being able to lie about my age. <laughs> you can edit this out. <laughs> no, I can't, actually. I don't edit any of this out. I keep everything as it is. I don't edit any yeah. of it out. So it's fine. I don't, it, it's fine. I don't mind. No, but the thing is, as a millennial, one of the things that I've noted is how ever since, mm, I'm going to say since the invention of the iPhone, we have not evolved. So before there were, you know, it was pretty much like by decades. You can look at decades and see fashion, language, art, music, all these things changed per the decade. That's why you have like, ooh, we're going to do 70s night and 50s night. You know, there were certain things per decade. But now, ever since social media and the installation of smartphones into our lives, we can't seem to evolve past the last 15 years. Like we're pretty much stuck in, I would say, I would say like the last 13 years where it's just, we do trends we try out new styles and new fashion, but we're not evolving as people. Do you, does that make any sense? Am I making that clear or do I sound? That makes a lot of sense. I just never thought about that. I don't think anyone's thinking about it but me. I have a lot of free time to think about stuff like that. <laughs> You're right about. 
because we're not we're we're not having our we're not allowed to have our moment they're they're the moments are they are moments they happen so fast so you know um the perfect example it, it sounds so um surface but this is the perfect example i remember a few years ago everybody was making a big deal about making sure you went from the pencil thin eyebrows to more oh, yeah. thick eyebrows but now the the last year all of last year was all about bleaching your eyebrows right and so that wasn't a matter of three or four years so we're we're going through phases very quickly we're not living in a moment like we're not having the poofy hairstyles of the 80s and the big shoulder pads of the early 90s and then moving forward we're having like a year of something and moving on and then re-going back and redoing stuff and i feel like that's affecting all of us but i think mostly that's why we're getting the generation of youth that we're having now because they're being forced to evolve so fast, so quickly that I don't think they, I don't, I think it confuses them. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Again, I never thought about this, but mm -hmm. I will say there's one area that I believe we've stayed in for a while, but now we're moving out of it. But now that I think it's only been a few years still is the bodies. Like those Bodies. huge, enormous butts. Oh, yes, yes. But I think that if I were to pick like one thing about the last five to seven years, it's all of these women getting all these booty things and yes. injections and all of that. And we're, as you can see, with Black China and other celebrities. Kim Kardashian. Trying to move away from that. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And that's funny that you mentioned it because... I remember saying years ago, I'm like, no, I'm not really interested. I don't feel like I need it. I know that I, we no, genetically, yeah, we, we genetically don't need that. I'm like, I could eat a burger. I'm not doing anything. I'm not adding anything back there. No, I, no, I can't imagine. I've thought about having a little, I, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm not averse to plastic surgery. I don't know if you know that. I'm no. taking it out. <laughs> I would love to take things off. No. Oh, take things off. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, take the stomach. You can. Oh, have <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm interested in maybe getting like my thighs taken up, done in, and then maybe like inject a little in the butt and lift it. Because as you get older, it does start to like go down a little bit. But I'm not interested in putting anything in there. I'm like, I gotta sit on that thing. I don't. What are you talking about? But it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because. Now that they're all circling back, this is what I'm saying. It's these trends that are happening so quickly that these girls all went out of their way to go to like Dr. Miami, go to Mexico, get these yeah. things done. And now the trend's over and you're stuck with that broke down looking booty and it's not even in style anymore, which by the way, a woman's body shouldn't be a style or a trend. And yet here we are doing that and I just, it's such a long conversation. I want to get into more. We're going to take a break. We're going to get, we're going to get into the second half of the conversation. We're going to talk about, well, I want you to give me some advice that you could, you know, maybe bless us with some advice about life. And we're going to talk about marriage. Yay. As we're women of married life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can't if you're listening you didn't see her face or mine <laughs> and we're going to talk about what dating looks like and we're going to get into some
some fun stuff too. So just stay right there and we will be right back. Hey, it's Nakia Nightshade. And I know you usually see me on Twitch, but my podcast, Some Like It Hot, is coming back this Valentine's Day and it's playing out all through the summer. You can listen to me talk about hot topics, news, sex, politics, and more. I'm going to have special guests and returning guests this season, and I'm really going to dive into sharing my life with you because I'm going to be living it up in 2023, and I want you to join that journey. So I hope to see you there. All right, we're back. I'm here with Patrice Garrison and the director of programs at a charter school in Trent, New Jersey. I like to say it all and get to give you all of that you have to have all of the accolades darling you earned it darling okay so before we move forward is there anything you'd like to promote to my audience yes thank you for giving me this platform and so in addition to the director position i am a board this is super important to me i'm a board certified behavior analyst it's important to me for many reasons one because i would love to see more black and brown individuals working in this field one of the best career decisions i've ever made in my life and so um one of the things i provide is in-home supervision of behavior therapy supports for individuals with very intense uh, developmental needs and so some of the things I do privately, though, is I do do parent coaching. I conduct um, consultation for special education for parents, and I also provide supervision for aspiring board-certified behavior analysts. And I have a website, but we can no. Kind of... Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So my website is step by step learning and development, and my Instagram is Patrice underscore Garrison. I gotta double check. And that is my professional page. So step-by-step development.com? Yes. Well, it's Squarespace. Step-by-step. But it is .com. Development.com. Okay. I just wanted to make sure, because I know some things that are in that realm, it's .org. So I just want to make sure people didn't go looking in the wrong direction. So, yes, of course. Promote, promote, promote. And by the way, I have a promotion too. It's not on that level at all. But if you like, you can subscribe to my podcast now on Spotify. I think it's between $1.99 and $5.99 a month. You can choose your level of subscription and your money goes to um, to my business and it makes us flourish more. Um the thing is, we used to be able to advertise directly through the company I worked through net before, but they sold Anchor FM. If you guys didn't notice, I'm no longer doing promos for them. They sold it to Spotify. So now Spotify owns me, and but they won't pay me. So if you guys want, you got to subscribe because it's through that and my affiliations and people like the Beat House Cosmetics that I am still afloat. Now, with that being said, I also wanted to mention... There was this thing going on last oh, two weeks ago where they were selling blue check marks on Instagram. That's Did they big. try to get you too? No, I don't think I'm that big. <laughs> oh, they try to get me. They and I'm not You're that big. big. I haven't so so the people are confused. They go to my Instagram and and I don't have a, a large following on there. That's because one, I was terrible. I'm terrible at Instagram. Well, at least I was. And two, because I didn't start using Instagram till like 2016. It was like 2015, 2016. So I was really late on Instagram. And the thing is, when I merged my Facebook with my Instagram, which my Facebook has a bigger platform, then they were like, okay, do you want to have a blue check mark? And I'm like, yeah, sure. They're like, oh, well, you could pay $15 a month. I'm like, why would I do that? 
And I ended up finding out the next week they sold 40, I think it was like 44 million blue check marks, something like it was something crazy like that. So they sold so many of them that they made, I think they made like $66 million in blue check checks for people's accounts. And I'm like, well, that kind of makes it lose its value because it's supposed to make you look more, I don't know, professional, legitimate. I don't really understand what it's supposed to do. I know celebrities have it. So that's all I ever noticed. But I want to ask you this. Do you notice, and this I, I have actually heard, do you ever see any young people around you that are obsessed with being liked, followed, or even lifted up to that level of like a blue check mark on their social media in school? Because from what I've been seeing and what I hear is like basically it's, it's a popularity contest unlike no other now because of social media. Again, my position now, I wish I was more in touch with the students. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to work with adults more. Okay. So I don't see it so much in my profession. I would say I feel like still my generation, the people I went to school with, they're more obsessed with how they look on social media. Mm. Fraudulent lifestyle. Okay. My child, I just he doesn't care about that. that yeah. Um, but no, not not the children. I'm still severely worried about the adults and how really? they push this false narrative of their life. And then if you know them in real life, it's a huge contrast. I feel like you're talking about people that I know, but I'm gonna. <laughs> Okay, because I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, who is she talking about? Which one of our cousins is she getting at? She's throwing some shit. Where's my fan? Never my family, but like people. I mean, you know, I get accused of that all the time. I I get accused of a lot of stuff because I have a big mouth. And depending on who I pissed off, they they have a lot to say. But I mean, I'm sure you've seen the posts that I put where people they have not, not very nice things to say. But but I will say I get accused a lot of you know, not being an open book or being fake or whatever. And the thing is, it's like, I feel like with social media, you should share some, but not all. And I do feel like the one thing that you can take away from me, and I, t- and, and I say this quite frequently, especially the last two seasons of my podcast where I've, it's um, it's been a diary, really. That's what it's been. I've been very honest about the fact that if you don't see me online, that's because I'm going through some shit. And I'm not going to sit here and post a bunch of fake nonsense to make you think that I'm having a great time when I'm not. But I also know it's tough because we we all see those people on Facebook that post, oh, my life sucks or I hate life. or And then they post, they post it so often, you don't even read it anymore. You're like, scroll skip i don't even care girl you're still with us okay exactly i got my own problems we all have problems i remember there was this one person who said something like oh tonight's night i'm gonna kill myself or they said something like that and everybody's like no don't we love you we love you we love you and then they didn't which is fine but then they went on and then they started to brag about stuff and it was just like weird and then they did it again i'm like you know what this time, get it done because at this point, now I know, I know that sounds mean. I'm, I'm, I'm not a nice person sometimes, but it's like we've all, I've been there, 
Okay, not everybody's been there. I've been in that place and I promise you I've never picked up my phone and decided I was gonna tell everybody that that was happening and it has happened in my home. I've talked about it on my podcast, but that's my podcast. I don't, Yeah. like I'm not, it's not a joke for me. Right. So anyway, we're getting into the woods, but go ahead. Say, say but I do want to touch on that because I think there's something to be said about even people who some may term that as attention seeking behavior. Mm-hmm. And so, but even how low or how um, damaged or in a not so good place do you have to be to even do that? Yeah. Even if you're not serious, just as an attention seeking behavior or to, to, I, I don't know. It's just to shake people up. There's still some. Well, it's a cry for safe. help. It is yeah. a cry for help. And I don't mind that. I've put plenty of cry for helps out on my social media where I talk about abuse, mental abuse, narcissism. You could you could even maybe wager that my entire narcissism uh, series that I did in season four, I think it was season four, was all about narcissism. That was an, a I huge. I have to listen to that. It's all about being married to a narcissist. And I'm very honest about that. And he does not like that. But I am extremely honest about that. Now, he's not a certified. He's never been diagnosed. But most narcissists don't because they don't go to therapy. I want to say the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, the DSM for Mental Disorders. I want to say they removed that and maybe changed the term Mm -hmm. for the last... um, well, I know they, the one that my, so I, I go, I've gone to a few therapists and counselors in the last few years because I have to rotate because of where I live and I moved and stuff. They have told me when I've told them my story of what was going on in my life, here comes the link, um, that, you know, it sounds like it appears to us that you might be dealing with someone who has narcissistic personality disorder right so this so they're not getting the diagnosis because um they are not the one who is getting the treatment okay we're back sorry to the people who are listening to the audio on spotify we got cut off but we were we kept rolling (laughs) so like i was saying so i was getting diagnosed and they were listening to my stories i didn't know anything about mpd narcissism anything like that it was the doctors who actually told me that it sounded like that was what I was experiencing. Um, Oh, there's a little bit of feedback. I don't know if that's yours or mine. It might be too close to the microphone of the, yeah. So, okay. So let's just plow through. So I definitely know what it's like to do a cry for help. Let me ask you in your professional capacity, when you see someone who maybe not, maybe isn't being forthcoming about what's going on at home. How do you address that when you can maybe see there's something going on there? When it comes to children, Mm -hmm. I try to do my best to set the environment where they're safe, right? Because Mm -hmm. when you feel safe, you're more likely to open up and share what may be going on you really do have to build that trust and i'm no stranger to therapy i've gone to therapy for years on off and on and if i'm off it's not because of anything other than i feel like i've met my goals in that season and then i'm very open to going back on when i need it and so i've made the most 
progress when a therapist, when I trust them, when I feel heard by them and seen by them, and they give me tools because that's truly what they're tools. tools. They're not right. going to tell me how to fix my life. Right. They're going to listen to what I have going on and then provide tools that I can use. And so that's what I really try to do when working with younger uh, individuals. When I see that there's something else, I just really try to remind them that, that I'm there to help them and it's a safe space and I'm a trusted adult. And just that's really, okay. you don't want to be direct and say, I know there's more. Tell me, you can tell me that's not. Right, you might scare them off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting you use the word tools because I recently got in an argument and we're going to get into marriage now. And one of the things that I really like to drive home uh, in when we have our disagreements is I don't like, well, I'll just say what I said. So I said, you know, uh, I try not to be too personal about our marriage, but essentially he was like, oh, you know, you're doing this thing. Remember the therapist said that. And I said, well, let me just stop you there because you keep bringing up the therapist when we're in the middle of an argument and you like to utilize what the, the therapist has taught us, but only to control me when that is not what the tools are for. Because if I remember accurately, the therapist told you to do this, 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 and this, and you're not doing that. So, <laughs> so I think it's important that people understand that the tools that you learn in therapy and in any kind of counseling, they are there for you to better improve your life, not to impose on others. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I agree. I like her face. She's like... Yeah, and I just want to name, since you stepped into the marriage realm and with therapy, I'm mm -hmm. a huge fan of marriage counseling, and I'm no stranger to that as well. And that can either lead you to improve your marriage or lead you to see that this is not where you need to be. Right? Yeah. This is not the space that best suits you. Therapy is put in place to make you the best you. And that doesn't always mean that partner that you choose. Right. Because the person you were when you met and the person you evolve into later might be two different people. And it's really tough, especially in a a dynamic where maybe you're both in two very extreme professions or your age difference. Mine is definitely an age difference. I'm older than my husband. We've been together for 10 years, married almost nine. It'll be nine in the summer, so it's eight and a half. And, you know, I think that it's really difficult for everybody. My situation is very specific because he's in the military and I've had to deal with a lot of alone time that a lot of women don't necessarily get. You know, usually you're married and then you're with your, your husband, you're with your partner, whoever your partner is. And with me, you know, our marriage is very difficult to, to, to lock down what exactly is the problem and how to fix it because from the moment we got married, and I'm not kidding, you, you don't know this because I had a very small wedding that only became a big wedding because my mom and a few other people just were like, they, I didn't, I only wanted like four people there and it became something other than that. But you weren't at my wedding, unfortunately. But I, I, I want to just say this, that if I make it to year 10, which I've talked about all the time with him, and I say if, cause I'm not, you know, I'm realistic, right? So if we make it to year 10, I've always told him, I said, we need to have a big party and bring both of our families together. Mm-hmm. You coming? 
Yes. <laughs> no, he really, he really need, needs that. And I need that. So, but, but just to, not to belabor the point, just to get to the point. Um, one of the things that happened right after we got married, the day of our last day of our honeymoon, I had to take him to the airport because he was getting deployed. That was how serious our separation was. I didn't see him. He came back like seven months later to visit me, but then he had to leave again for another three months and then we moved. So like, I didn't even see my husband right when we were newlyweds for the whole year we were newlyweds. So that's as a very specific situation to go into and it's affected our marriage the entire time. Now, how you, you got married. Very young, in my opinion. I got married at 23. I was married at 24 my first time. This is my second husband, just in case you didn't know that. Did you know that? I'm going to say I did. A part of me feels like I didn't. Yeah, he's my second husband. That's young. But but you. how long yeah. did you actually know your husband? Because I believe you knew him before. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. we used to sit next to each other in uh, sixth grade. So oh, my God. You knew him your, like, your whole life. Best friends. Best friends, which makes life so much harder when you separate because it's like okay yeah i don't like you right now but who am i gonna call to tell what i just heard or what i just seen or what just happened at work it's it's very hard but yeah i've known him for a very long time wow 23 that's yeah. super young very young very young. now let me ask you now you say separated, so you're okay to talk about that? Yeah, I'm okay to talk about it. Um, as long as we keep it cute, which I know well, we will. I'll keep it cute. I could keep it real cute. Real cute. <laughs> so what I what I actually want to get to has nothing to do with your relationship. It has to do with looking into the world that we live in today. Are you looking forward to dating? That's a good question. So I just want to, so we are separated. We mm -hmm. no longer live in the home together and our divorce is not final yet. Okay. That's why I say separated, but it is in the process. And so I don't know, dating kind of scares me. Mm. It kind of scares me. I've been with this man for so many years mm -hmm. and there's a trust that comes with that regardless of whatever went on in the marriage, you just trust that person and building trust like that. First of all, I don't know if I'll ever trust anyone as much as I trusted him all those years. Nice. Uh, someone would have to make me feel safe and seen, like I talk about. But I'm scared of dating because you don't know people's intentions. And I pack a punch. I come with a lot of good stuff. And yeah. I don't want to get myself in a situation where I'm used. Yeah. To be honest with you. So it's kind of scary. Dating is scary. And just all the other things that come with new partners or new relationships. It's like. I well, not to scare you, but I have a few friends who are single. And my one of my girlfriends, she, she started dating again recently. And she would tell me some of the stories about meeting men on the apps and how they are. And, you know. I'm like, I don't know, girl, I don't know about these apps, you know, because she's like, well, a lot of these guys, they want you to go on a video call. And I'm like, mm, I don't 
know if you should do that. But then again, I'm like, maybe you should. I don't know. Maybe that's a good way to start. And she's like, well, some of them, they get you on the video call. And if they don't like you, then they just don't meet you at all. And I'm like, well, then that's probably for the best. You know, I was like, maybe that's for the best. But she's like, a lot of these guys nowadays, they only want to do like a coffee date. You have to worry about your safety. You have to be careful because you never know like what their, not just their intentions, but what they're capable of with the technology these days. Like you just don't know what you're dealing with. Like they could take a picture of your face, maybe run it through Google images, get to know all your info. A lot of these men, I, uh, one girl I know, she said, uh, she goes out and she's meeting people and a guy gave, uh, asked for her phone number. She gave it to him and he called her right there in front of her. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, just making sure it's not fake. And she's like, that's awkward. That makes me feel like you might have some issues, you know? And I told her, I said, no, you know what you need is you need a Snapchat. Now I know not a lot of people still use Snapchat. I said, but you need a Snapchat that's not connected to any of your other stuff that you can, he can message you. He can call you, he can video call you, but what he won't do is know your personal information or your social media so he can't stalk you. And she was like, that's a good idea. I'm like, girl, please, that's what they do. That's what the married men do. <laughs> Come on, married men. That's a good idea. That is some... Listen, you gotta be careful with these men. I don't, you know, I can tell stories from a hundred years ago, but Nothing has really changed in the dating world when it comes to your safety. In the end, you have to be careful because there's some crazy men out there. There was a girl, did you see on the news, the girl that met her Tinder date at his house and he kidnapped her and held her hostage for five days without food or water and abused her. I'm terrified. Sorry. I'm so sorry. If it helps. Don't leave my house. I already don't leave my house. I mean, if it helps, he was from Mayonnaise County, and I don't see you going down that road anyway, so. What's Mayonnaise County? Oh. <laughs> it's right, okay, it's it. right next door to Crackerville. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, my mom sent me this thing on Instagram. She's mm -hmm. quite funny on social media. And it was like a video where the girl, I don't know if it's going to translate to funny on this, but mm -hmm. basically it was like, oh, she goes, oh, so you have to actually leave the house to get a man. Right. And then it closes the door, closes the wine, and sits on the couch, I guess. Right, you have to, they say you, uh, there's a good quote from, which is weird, but I quote a lot of stuff from Marvel movies from Shang-Chi, yeah, that was the name of me. And the guy said, the woman said, she said, you can't, You'll never hit a target you don't shoot at. Something like that. So it's like if if you're not out there trying, then you're not going to get it, you know? And, but there's a lot of women online who have decided they don't want to get it. That they're going celibate. And one girl, I don't remember her name and I'm so sorry I don't remember your name. I only saw the video once. But she's smart because she kept saying her name over and over in the video. And of course my dumbass forgot it because she wanted to make sure nobody took it from her because people steal and she said that she is an, uh, an alonesbian. She's like, you can add that as the A on the LGBTQIA. She's like, I'm an alonesbian. I like to be alone. I'm going to stay alone. <laughs> no, but that's where I'm conflicted because I love love. And I, like, I've been watching Love is Blind, as you maybe seen on my social media. Okay. Like, uh, that couple, um, Brett and I forgot the girl's name. Tiffany? I don't remember. I don't watch that show. <laughs> Sorry. 
good. So good. And so I just love love. So I don't know if I'm going to say that I want to be a lesbian. But. No, you shouldn't have to. But I know a lot of women are doing it, it. and yeah. they're choosing it because men kept telling them to choose better. Like, okay, I'll choose myself. That's better. So um, now speaking of that, since you brought it up, because we're running, we're running out of time. So I want to get to the last few things. You. All right. So you like to watch reality TV. Do you watch anything besides dating shows? What do you watch? So I'm a fake TV watcher. I pick like one show a year before a few years ago love love after lockup or something that trash tv was i loved i was like this is not a rich like there's no way these things really exist um but yeah i think that's it i mean i used to be years ago a love and hip-hop girl when i was in grad school just because of the mess mm-hmm. but other than that i'm a youtube girl I'm a youtube girl oh okay what's your favorite like, what do you always watch on YouTube? Like, for me, I could tell you right right away, I watch TGIF with um, Al Reynolds and Claudia and Q. I don't know if you've ever seen that. on uh, It's on Fox Soul on YouTube. I love them. I love them. It's it's They do two episodes a week. Shout out to TGIF. I'm just, I'm just saying I love them. I would love to be a guest on their show, so I'm not I'm not going to hide that. Um, what What's your go-to on YouTube? So my go-to on YouTube, I am a Armand Wiggins girl lately. He talks about the rap girlies. He's really, really entertaining. I also like the lead attorney because I do like legal content. I'm just interested in it. But mm-hmm. lately, I haven't liked his content. Um, he covered the Johnny Depp trial. Mm-hmm. That was covered the messy Cardi B and Tasha K mm-hmm. trial. So I like him. And then I also like Kinga Reads sometimes. From mm-hmm. time to time. What does she do? Kinga Reads. He. Oh, he. Oh, I thought you said Kina. King. Okay. <laughs> Kinga Reads. He does the same thing. Mass reports on what's current events, what's happening. But what I will say is there's the trap lore. He's, a, I'm a documentary girl as well, sorry. Okay. Documentary girl as well, so I watch documentaries on TV, but also on YouTube, and he's the guy that just put out the King Bond documentary, which is I crazy. haven't seen that. Do you watch any documentaries on Netflix? I do. They have do. some good ones that you be surprised. They have some really, sometimes I'll put it on and I'll be like, oh, well, there goes my day. <laughs> and I will binge. If I'm in the mood, I will binge. But I, I'm a housewives. I, I obsessively watch housewives. And it's funny because it tells a lot. This is why I ask people this now about what shows they watch. Cause it tells you a lot about kind of where they are mentally, but also what they desire. So you are into love and you watch shows about love, but you're also into keeping abreast with legal things and staying, you know, in the know. And then on top of all of that, you like to be with, as you said, and now see, I know you like to be around the kids and the girlies because you said the girlies, you were very specific with that word. So, but that's, but that's how I get to know people. And with me, if you want to know me, I watch all of the housewives every single season, black, white, in the middle, in between Miami, Atlanta housewife um... franchise. Yes. Okay. So my favorite franchise has always been, um, has always been Atlanta because of the, (laughs) yeah, because they have a lot more personality, 
But I actually am madly in love with Miami right now in a way I've never been in love with it before. My only beef that I want to bring up with Housewives with Bravo is I don't like how the narrative on the shows has somehow managed to find its way where whenever the black women get mad, throw something, maybe even hit each other, it's like a catastrophe. They're violent, they're angry, and they have to be fired from the show. These white women have been doing that for like two decades. So I'm confused by why the discrepancy. New Jersey, Teresa. Oh, I love Jersey. Oh, no, yeah. I, I mean, I watch them all. So that's just, that's my thing. And why do I watch them all? Because I, I used to be a housewife. For the beginning of my marriage, I was a housewife. I loved being housewife. I know people don't would never believe that, but I was baking brownies and making dinner and sending my husband off with lunch. Like, yes, yes, me. That was what I was doing for a few years until I was like, oh, you don't appreciate this. Oh, no, we're done. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> oh, no. You got to keep a woman happy if you want that type of treatment. That is a soundbite. I'm taking that with me and posting that everywhere. Right. No, no but that's, that's the thing that as a lot of men don't understand. You have to keep, if you want a woman who's going to be, I don't want to say traditional, but just say the type of woman that you'd like her to be, you got to keep her happy. You got to be the man she wants you to be. Absolutely. You cannot create a life of turmoil and expect to be blessed by your mate. Right. And men like to say that they need a woman to be their peace. It's like, and you're doing that for me, how? <laughs> 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 okay all right so all right before we go is there any thing that you wanted to ask me or bring up that you could think of off the top of your head because i wanted to give you that platform to do that because you're the only one that's family that i would allow that who actually knows me a lot of my guests don't actually know me that well except a couple friends no i i well i will say that this was an amazing experience um you made me feel extremely comfortable. This is my first podcast. Oh, um, congratulations. Yeah, yeah. And I thank you for inviting me, for giving me the space. I really encourage everyone to check out my website and my Instagram. Say it again. Good resources, step-by-step uh, learning and development.com. And then my Instagram is Patrice underscore Garrison underscore. I want to check that, but I can't open the phone for obvious reasons right now. And so there's some great resources, even if not for yourself, but I really do pride myself on the work I do for children and families, for special education supports. If you have a parent you know that has a student with a special education need, I am here for you. Also for aspiring BCBAs, I do provide supervision and so. Yes. And also she goes live on Instagram, which I suck at, and you do really I well on that. I, I know. I thank you for saying that because I really need to. It's it's very nerve wracking. It's very. I do this and I'm nervous doing that. You're I'm talking. terrible at that. Yeah, I do have to get back to doing that. Yeah, I try to do that and TikTok live. I'm dreadful at it because I'm used to an environment that I can control and I can't control that. <laughs> so I'm a little bit of a control freak, but it's okay. It's all right. And so it's made me who I am. All right. Well, I just want to give shout outs to everyone in our family who will tune in to hear you because they don't tune in for me. And hi. Oh.
I've been doing this a long time and I would love to have you on again as a guest. I know we wanted to talk more about relationships and stuff another time. We will do that. And I'm really grateful for you being on. I'm very happy I had you as my first guest back as my first guest like in a long time because I really wanted someone who could give your insights and I knew you'd give good chat as well. So I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Patrice. And the nails. And we love the nails. Yes. I know you look so great. I can't wait to do this again. Um, (laughs) I was a little nervous, but you definitely uh, set everything very Good. I'm glad. And we'll talk for a moment after. But for you guys, that's it. And don't forget, please subscribe to my podcast on Spotify, Nikia Nightshade, Sun Like It Hot. And until then, well, keep it hot.